I certainly do not want to tax you with these particular, this particular portion of Scripture. We've done a lot of preaching right here. Uh, but uh, got one more message maybe the Lord's dealt with our heart on concerning this verse of Scripture. And I uh, want to do my best to give you this. We'll probably be in lower gear tonight. I just want to make sure that I get my point across as the Lord had given it to me. Try to be a help to somebody tonight. Uh, you know, you look around sometimes and you wonder, Lord, why would you have me preach uh, this particular message? But the older I get and the longer that I preach, uh, the more I realize I, I don't know what we need and you don't either. And so we just give you what the Lord's laid on our heart and the Lord knows who's it, who it is for. And if it's not for you, well, you file it away and you use it at a later date when the Lord may bring it back to your attention. All right, so John chapter number 21, stand with us, if you will, for the reading and reverence of the Word of God. The Bible says here, um, starting in verse number 3 of John chapter number 21, the Bible says, Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a fishing. They say unto him, We also go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately, and that night they caught nothing. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Then Jesus saith unto them, Children, have ye any meat? They answered him, No. And he said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. They cast therefore, now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. Therefore that disciple whom Jesus loved saith unto Peter, It is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he girded his fisher's coat unto him, for he was naked, and then cast himself into the sea. And the other disciples came in a little ship, for they were not far from land, but as it were two hundred cubits, dragging the net with fishes. As soon as they were come to land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid thereon, and bread. Jesus saith unto them, Bring of the fish which ye have now caught. Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land, full of great fishes, and hundred and fifty and three, and for all there were so many, yet was not the net broken. You can be seated. Heavenly Father, come to you tonight. Pray God you'd touch us. Pray God you'd use us. Pray, Lord, that you would call back into our remembrance, Lord, the things in which you have placed upon our heart in our study time. Lord, uh, many things going through our minds tonight, many things uh, pulling at us in different directions. Lord, had a whole lot of responsibility, a whole lot of things going on. I pray for a little while tonight. We'd let these things uh, out of our mind for a little while and just be led of you and to focus ourselves uh, on the scripture and what thus saith the Lord God. We'll be careful to thank you, praise you, and give you all of the glory. Save that sinner nearest hell. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Preach the message uh, not too long ago, I suppose, on this thought, I'd rather be fishing. And uh, we, we were talking about how and emphasized how that Peter, through a chain of events and through denying the Lord several times and, uh, and understand following him afar off and things of that nature, that uh, uh, he had said some things he shouldn't have said to try to diffuse uh, or to, to cause those that were around him to disassociate Peter with that of the Lord Jesus Christ. We know the Lord Jesus Christ died. We know the Lord Jesus Christ was buried and he was, uh, he was, he risen, he was arisen or rose again. 
Uh, and now we know that he sits at the right hand of the throne of God. But before he ascended, he showed himself unto the disciples. Brother Hensley mentioned it this morning that he, uh, he showed himself somewhere around 11 times according to the word of God uh, before he ascended upon high. But here's what I, I want to draw your attention to. Peter uh, has gone fishing. He has uh, went back to the things that the Lord had brought him out of or brought him from. And uh, we find some familiar stories. You say, boy, you sure are honing in a lot on fishing. Uh, but I, I find that the Lord dealt with fish a whole lot in the New Test in the Gospels. Uh, that, and I started looking at these particular stories and, and I started seeing a theme that began to work as, as I considered the times that the Lord dealt with fish. And we understand that when the Lord was dealing with Peter uh, and Peter the first time, he, he told Peter to cast your nets on the other side of the ship. And we know the story, and I believe it's in Luke chapter number 5, where he had caught a great draught of fish, as the Bible says. And we know that uh, the Lord had told him to cast his nets. That's plural. We know that he had fished all night and had caught nothing, but he cast one net. Uh, and one net, we understand, was so full, it encompassed so many fish that the Bible said that the net broke. And when the net broke, according to the word of God, you know and I know that there were some fish that fell out of the net and that happened because of Peter's disobedience. Now here's what I want you to see. The Lord had a number of fishes that he anticipated would be caught. And had and Peter used the amount of nets that the Lord had told him to use, he would have encompassed those fishes. But because he did not do what the Lord said, because he reacted out of obligation, because he reacted and done what he done with half-heartedness, we understand that some fish were lost. Now the importance in that story is this. We consider this fish, we understand that the Lord took a man that was a fisherman and he made him fishers of made him fishers of Men. He used some principles as Christ was very good at doing, worldly, uh, an understanding of, of, of things that we could uh, look at with our own carnal eyes and relate to, and he made a spiritual application with it. And he took some principles of fishing and allowed Peter to learn some things about fishing that he could apply to that of catching men, right? We understand that. And so uh, this is very important because we look into Luke chapter number 9 and then in Matthew 14, the same story, we find about the five loaves and the two fishes that were being distributed uh, by the disciples, right? And so we, we consider that and then we look over here at Matthew 17, which we'll go to uh, in a few minutes uh, concerning this uh, matter of fishing yet again. And we get into John chapter number 21 and we find another, yet another story of fishing and we find that the Lord has uh, shown up on the seashore here and he has asked these men, uh, have they any meat? And they answered no. In verse number six, we find this familiar story or this familiar uh, command that we find earlier on in Luke chapter number five when the Lord had told Peter the first time to cast his nets on the other side. He says here in verse six, unto, unto them cast the net on the right side of the ship and you shall find. They cast therefore and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. Now as we look at Luke chapter number five, we were reminded or we understand that as good as, as Peter was at fishing, you understand he had all the tackle in that he needed, he had the boat, he had everything that was needed to do the job, but he still didn't yield a catch, right? But we understand that when the Lord showed up on the scene, that Peter yields a great draught 
of fishes. Why? Because he was obedient to what the Lord said. The Lord uh, was the driving factor in Peter catching fish after a whole night of fishing with no ability to catch any fish, right? Now we know, and this is nothing new, that, that our sufficiency obviously is, is, is nothing, right? Our sufficiency is of God. And so what we find here is, is Peter uh, is fixing to relive or go through this, this, this story that he remembers that happened in his meeting of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now we know that the Lord had healed and helped Peter's mother-in-law, but right, right after that we find this story that the Lord talks to Peter and tells Peter that he needs to cast his nets on the other side, right? So now here we go. We're back in this whole frame of mind again and the Lord is asking or saying the same things to these men that he said back in Luke chapter number five. And we understand that the Bible says in verse seven, therefore that disciple whom Jesus loved saith unto Peter is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he girt his fisher's coat unto him for he was naked and did cast himself into the sea. And the other disciple, uh, disciples came in a little ship, for they were not far from land, but as it were 200 cubits, dragging the net with fishes, right? So here's what I want you to see. Peter had lost his concern for the great draught of fishes. He wasn't interested in it. What he was interested in is was getting to Jesus, right? And so we know that he cast himself into the water and headed towards the land while these other disciples were fighting to get the fish that the Lord had told him uh, that they could, or, to, told, or told them what to do that they might catch these fish. Verse 9 says, As soon as they were come to land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid thereon and bread. Now here's what I want you to see. You'll remind, let me remind you of Psalms 50 and 12. And I, I use this verse of scripture uh, quite a bit, but I'm going to try to hone in on it a little bit tonight and try to get real specific if the Lord would be my helper. But Psalms 50 and 12 is a very familiar passage of scripture that says, if I were hungry, I would not tell thee, for the world is mine and the fullness thereof. Now here's what I want you to notice. When we look at Matthew chapter number 14 and Luke chapter number 9 and we see the story of the five loaves and the two fishes, we see that there was a multitude of people that were unhungered. And the Lord Jesus Christ took five loaves and two fishes and he fed a multitude that day when his own disciples didn't know where they were going to find victuals. They, they didn't know, uh, there, there wasn't enough money. They didn't have enough money to even buy enough food for everybody, right? And we know that the Lord told the, 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 told the disciples to have the multitude to sit down and he give of them the bread and the fish and they distributed and we know that what happened. After everyone was fed, there were 12, 12 baskets full of fragments left over. Now, I don't believe that that is happenstance or coincidence, right? Because obviously, if you figure it, the math's not right from a carnal standpoint. To, that don't even compute. That don't even work. So there, the Lord didn't just have a basket full of leftovers. He had 12 basketfuls. He purposed that each disciple, Brother Shane, being 12 disciples, each walked off that day with a basket full of fragments left over when before this whole thing started, they did not even know how they were going to feed everyone. So the provision that come from the Lord that day was evident in a basket load of fish and bread for each disciple. Amen. So here's what I'm saying. The Lord, the Lord give provision for his disciples when they didn't know how the multitude was going to be fed. 
In this situation, though, in John chapter number 21, we see a situation where these disciples are fishing. They've gone back to the boat. The Lord has given them some instruction. They filled a, a net full of fish, and they're headed back to shore. And we obviously know here that Peter got there before anybody did, right? But he jumps out of the boat. He abandons ship. He leaves them with it. You boys fish all you want to. I'm headed for Jesus. And he drops what he's doing, and he goes to Jesus. His main concern was Jesus. Not the fish, not the nets, not the boat. He abandoned all of it and went back to Jesus. Boy, it's, it's, it's something to see a picture of forgiveness, to know that the Lord would have anything to do with us as many times as we have failed him. And I tell you, sometimes I get overwhelmed and I just abandon ship, abandon nets, and I say, Lord, I want to be in your presence because I know I'm unworthy to even call upon your name, but thank you, Lord, for just being willing to come to where I'm at. Thank you, Lord. And so here's what I want you to see, though. As soon as they were come to land, they saw a fire of coals there. And the fish and fish laid their own in bread. The fish was already on the fire, Brother Shane, before the net load of fish ever got to the bank. Before they ever got all that, that, that net load of fish that was so heavy that they were having to drag it, we see that the Lord Jesus Christ already had fish and already had bread baking and cooking, waiting on them when they got there. So here's, here's, what, I'm, here's what I'm interested in. We find that, that the Lord obviously has the ability to provide for you and me regardless of what we bring to Him. All right? Now here's what I'm showing you. Here's what I'm interested in and I'm, I'm, I find this intriguing. The Bible says here, Jesus said unto them, bring of the fish, verse 10, which ye have now caught, Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land full of great fishes and 150 and three. And for all there were so many, yet was the net not broken. Isn't it interesting that John 21 calls to our attention that the net was not broken. We are, we're contrasting what happens in this story back into Luke chapter number five when we are finding out for the first time how Peter responds to that of the Lord Jesus Christ. So here's what I'm here's what I'm wanting to deal with. I believe that he's been reminded. We understand that the first time the Lord teaches them principles about fishing and then tells them that they're going to fish for men, right? They are they are not just catching a great draught of fishes here in John chapter 21, but Peter has been reminded some things that he needs to take with him when it when he goes out and goes to catch men for the glory and for the honor of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's still some principles that the Lord is showing Peter and the disciples through this matter of fishing. I want to say this to you. What we notice here is they did catch a great draught of fishes. They did bring a, a net load of fish to land that day. But Jesus didn't need their net full of fishes to have fish waiting on them when they got to the fire that day. Jesus had the provisions for them. Sometimes we think that we're doing something for the Lord. Sometimes that we think that, that we are effective and look what I'm bringing to the Lord. And, and listen, the Lord's expecting you and I to work, to get out on his mission field and to, to go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in. And we, he wants us to witness to folk, to give them the gospel for people uh, to get saved by his marvelous grace. But here's what I want you to see. The provisions that they had from the Lord that day had nothing to do with what they brought to him. But it was all about what he brought to them. And so I thank the Lord for his provision. So if you will, quickly, uh, let's go to Matthew chapter number 17. I want to I show you something here. 
concerning the provisions that the Lord uh, has for his children. Matthew chapter number 17. Let's look in uh, verse number 24. Now before we read these verses of scripture, let me call your attention to another fact here. When we, and I've heard it preached many different ways, but in all actuality, if we're going to look at it in, in reality, you understand here that in this day when they were catching fish, they went out into the sea. They had a boat, and our idea of catching fish with a net is not necessarily, Brother Shane, the way we would consider fishing today. They didn't go out there with a Zebco 303 or a bait caster or a spin cast rod and reel from Walmart or a sports academy or Dick's Sporting Goods down here and put a, a worm on the end of their hook and sit down and go fishing. They went down there with the attitude they were going to take a net. They were going to, they were going to encompass a school of fish. They were going to draw the net back in and then they were going to lift the fish up into the boat. These men were commercial fishermen. Their, their livelihood was at stake if they did not catch fish, right? And so uh, I want you to understand something. We are not recreational fishermen today. Amen. Amen. What the Lord done was he took some commercial, some commercial fishermen and turned them into commercial soul winners. And a lot of times we take church and we take the idea of winning souls as recreational. We'll hit it a lick when we feel like it. We'll sit down here on the bank and enjoy it when we feel like it. Uh, if the if the sun's out and it's warm enough, we'll go. But if it's raining and if it's blue, if it's not a bluebird sky or if it's a little chilly today, we won't go fishing today. That's the idea that a lot of us have. We 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 recreationalize this matter of soul winning, and we recreationalize this matter of church, and we recreationalize this idea of serving the Lord. Friend, I got news for you. Everything else is recreational. This ought to be commercial. This ought to be serious. This ought to be, we ought to be out trying to win lost souls for the glory and for the honor of God. But here's what I find so unique, Brother Shane. You, you, you find this, this livelihood and how they go about, I mean, it took more than one ship. You'll find that there was more than one ship in Luke chapter number five. You'll find that there was more than one fisherman. It took a lot of men collectively working together to be able to handle the nets, Brother Marvin, that they had to handle. One or two men could not handle the nets that they had to handle. This was a full-on, full-scale, commercialized fishing extravaganza that they had to work at, and it had to be meticulous, and it had to be right. And you'll find that the Bible says they were washing their nets. They were mending their nets. I mean, there was some behind-the-scenes things, Brother Marvin, that had to be done to make this fishing trip worthwhile. A lot of effort went into this. Listen, there's a lot of behind-the-scenes things going on at Mount Tabor Baptist Church that not everybody knows about. There's a lot of things that happen through the week that people are trying to do and trying to accomplish for the glory, for the honor of God, to make some things that the Lord's working in our heart effective. Now, you know we can't make it effective. The Lord has to do that. But we have to do our part. We have to wash the nets, mend the nets, uh, prepare the nets, be willing to go out and do something for His glory and honor. You don't just wake up one morning and scratch your head and go... I think I'll go fishing today. I bet Brother Ray's been through his tackle box a million times, fixing hooks and fixing plugs and changing his line. And, and he's talks about, he talks about his, uh, his uh, depth finders. I get, a, I get a kick out of talking to him because he's meticulous about it. He's serious about what he's doing. And here's what I'm saying. These men were serious. 
But let's look at what the Lord tells uh, Peter in Matthew chapter number 17. The Bible says that when they were come to Capernaum, they that received tribute money came to Peter and said, Doth not your master pay tribute? He saith, Yes. And when he was coming to the house, Jesus prevented him, saying, What thinkest thou, Simon? Of whom do the kings of the earth take custom or tribute of their own children or of strangers? Now here's, here's let, me, let me explain to you what this matter of tribute is in verse number 24. And when they were come to Capernaum, they received tribute money. They that received tribute money came to Peter. This was taxes taken to support the needs of the temple that happened annually. There was, a, there was a tax that, that, was, uh, that was sent out and people had to pay monies uh, to, to help support the work and the effort of what was going on at the temple. All right? Verse 25, he said, yes, this is, uh, this is Peter here speaking for Jesus. And when he was come into the house, Jesus prevented him saying, What thinkest thou, Simon, of whom do the kings of the earth take custom or tribute? of their own children or strangers. In other words, what he's saying here, Jesus is saying to Peter, does the royalty, does the king's family have to pay this money or this tribute or this tax so that the, the temple uh, work can go on and, and that the temple can be taken care of. Now let me say this, you know, this church don't function. Somebody has to pay the light bill, right? Somebody has to pay the water bill, right? I mean, there's some funds that have to go into making this church and this house of God operate the way that it does. It don't just happen, right? But what Jesus is saying to Peter, does the king, does the kings, do the princes, do the, does the hierarchy, the, those that are on the throne, do they have to pay these taxes? Notice what's said here. Peter said unto him of strangers. Jesus said unto him, then are the children free. Notwithstanding, in other words, what he's saying is here, I don't have to pay this, Peter. I don't have to pay this. I created this world. I, I, you're here, Peter, because I'm here. You're here because I seem fit to have you here. We understand what the temple, what, what goes on at the temple, right? It's God's house. Jesus didn't owe him one red cent. Amen? But notice what he says to Peter. Peter said unto him of strangers, Jesus said unto him, then are the children free, notwithstanding, lest we should offend them, go thou to the sea and cast an hook. <laughs> now, for a man that's been mending nets, a man that's had his ships, a man that's had his crew, a man that washed his nets, prepared his nets, knew how to go out and win, uh, or excuse me, catch a great drought, a great school of fish. I can only imagine what it must have felt like for the Lord to tell Peter, Peter, you go down and you get you a little hook and you go down there on the seashore and you go fishing. Now let me say this. I used to be what folk call a bank fisherman when I was growing up. I took my little floater and my little bobber and my little hook and my little cane pole and I sat down there on the banks of the, uh, of the river where, where I was growing up down on the farm and I'd catch my bluegill and I'd take them home. Papa would clean them. I'd done all that. But as I got older, I got into the boats and I got into the other stuff and I started following these guys that were bass fishing and doing all this stuff. Suddenly, Brother Shane, the little floater and the little hook, that didn't do it for me anymore. I was used to fishing with the big boys, doing the big boy thing, you know. I was, I was into that kind of stuff. And so that kind of fishing to me, I kind of looked down on it a little bit. I wasn't interested in it like I was when I was a kid. Imagine Peter now, man that was a commercial fisherman. He was not a recreational fisherman. 
He was doing what, Brother Shane, do you build uh, for recreation all the time? You're pretty busy doing commercial work. I, I mean, I understand that a man can do things and build stuff for enjoyment. What I'm saying is for the, for the most of the time, for the most of the time, you'll find that men that do commercial things like this, they don't have a lot of time to do other things. I, I tell, I, I joke with people, most vets don't give the wormer to their cows and their horses like they're supposed to. Most furriers or horseshoers don't never shoe their horses. I know of a furrier, one of the best around, his horse had feet that long. He never could find time to get home and shoe his own horse. My, my point is, I believe Peter probably was looking at this situation going, this really ain't my thing. You know, I, I'm a commercial fisherman by trade. But the Bible says in verse 27, notwithstanding lest we should offend them, go thou to the sea and cast an hook and take up the fish that first cometh up and when thou hast opened his mouth, thou shalt find a piece of money. Now, first of all, I want you to see the purpose in this. The purpose is that Jesus is choosing his battles. Jesus don't see any reason in offending. Jesus' time has not yet come. He's going to live to work another day. Now let me say to you something tonight. I'm not for compromising anything against this King James Bible. We stay with this word of God. But there's some hills we don't have to die on today. There's some fights that we can hold off on and live to fight another battle another day. And so what we're finding here is the Lord says, let's not offend them. Let's go ahead and take care of this situation. Peter, uh, you've done spoke for me. Isn't it interesting, Brother Marvin, how Peter spoke for Jesus? Peter stuck his foot in his mouth. Jesus did not respond. Peter responded for Jesus. Now God help us tonight not to get in front of Jesus. A lot of times we get out in front of Jesus and we make decisions out in front of Jesus and we do things that we don't need to do because we've not got clear direction from Jesus on. And we make decisions and we open our mouth and sometimes the Lord makes us pay for it. Right. Yeah. You're fixing to find out right here, Peter's fixing to have to pay for it, right? So here's what happens. Jesus says here, notwithstanding lest we should offend them, go thou to the sea and cast a So we see the purpose. We see the purpose of this fishing trip and we see the plan. Now I like this because Peter has been given clear instructions from the Lord on how to move forward in this situation. But I'm so thankful tonight, okay? I'm so thankful that the Lord, he has a purpose. Brother Marvin, he has a plan. But thanks be unto God, he has provision. The Lord is our sufficiency, right? If I were hungry, I would not tell thee, for the world is mine and the fullness thereof. This temple was his to begin with. This temple was the Lord's. He didn't know anybody a red cent. But here's what he says here. He says, notwithstanding, lest we should offend them, go uh, thou to the sea and cast an hook and take up the fish that first cometh. And when thou hast opened his mouth, thou shalt find a piece of money. That take. In other words, you're going to go down here you're a commercial fisherman, but you're going to go down here and you're going to fish like you was a recreational fisherman. You're going to go down here and you're going to get your little Zebco 303 and your little floater and your little hook and your little red worm. And you're going to go down here on the bank and you're not going to get in your boat. You're going to sit down here on the side of the bank and you're going to fish. And the first fish that bites your hook is the fish that when you bring him to land, you're going to open his mouth and in his mouth is going to be something. The Bible says that it's going to be a piece of money. That take, I heard a preacher not too long ago make this comment. Isn't it funny that the Lord had a fish in the sea somewhere that had a taste for metal? And I never thought about that, but I laughed about that because this, this fish has eat a coin. Then he's going to eat a bear hook. 
The Bible don't say anything about what he's going to put on this hook. The Lord told him to go put a hook into the water, right? And so the Bible says, and give unto them for me and thee. Now let me call your attention to this real quick. Obviously in verse number 24, when they were come to Capernaum, they that received tribute money came to Peter and said, doth not your master pay tribute? They come to Peter on behalf of the Lord Jesus Christ. What is, has, does the Lord Jesus Christ, does Jesus Christ, this man that you follow, uh, does, does he pay tribute? But undoubtedly, Peter hadn't paid anything yet either. How do we know that? Because the Lord told Peter that when he found this money in this fish's mouth, he said, and give unto them for me and for thee. I'm glad that the Lord has provision for himself. The Lord has the ability to provide for himself. He said, if I were hungry, I would not tell thee, for the world is mine and the fullness thereof. But here's what I see through obedience, through being willing to go down here and do this. When he's a commercial fisherman, you understand, he, he, he's having now to do things a little bit different. He's not doing things the way that he's used to doing them. See, used to his fishing was his occupation. Now he's fishing more like uh, he's recreational fishing. Now, we understand we're to be fishing for souls like we're commercial fishing. But the interesting thing about a commercial fisherman and a recreational fisherman is a recreational fisherman fishes for the fun of it. Now, listen, I have, I, I've always liked farming. I've always liked tractors. I've always liked cattle. But I have had to farm for the, I've farmed for the fun of it. Then I have farmed for the need of it. And it's not the same thing at all. The nights that I, that I would, the, the days that I would work 12 hour shifts and come home, climb on a tractor and mow hay all night. My wife would bring my supper to me in, on the tractor. I'd mow hay all night. I wouldn't see my kids. I'd get up the next morning. I'd go back to work. I'd come home from work. I'd get back on a tractor and Ted hay all day or all night. I, I, and I'd run that gauntlet over and over. And, and it got to the point where I hated springtime with a passion. The most beautiful time of the year, but I hated it because I had so many irons in the fire, so many things going on that I could not get to it all. My family was suffering. I wasn't sleeping. I was meeting myself coming and going, and it got so that I could not function, and I hated the, the, the have-to of the situation. It got more than I could bear. But now, I'll say this. I've been out of it a while. I'm not having to do it anymore. Thank God I'm not having to do it anymore. But you know what? There's that, there's that longing. It's always in the back of your mind. I told my wife, my idea of, of living the good life is sitting on the back porch looking at cows in about 20 acre track of field while I break green beans and sip on my coffee. That's my idea of a good life. I like that kind of stuff. That's the stuff that gets me going. But it's recreational. It's not have to. And in this situation, uh, it's amazing. It's a lot more fun fishing cause you want to than fishing cause you have to is what I'm saying. See, a lot of people's fishing because they have to and they hate it. But if you ever learn to fish because you want to, fish because you like to, fish because you enjoy it, because you, the Lord gets glory out of it, because you want to please the Lord, because you want to see what the Lord will do with a, with a soul. I'm afraid a lot of times, friend, what we do is we do what we do because we have to. We don't like to do it. We don't want to do it. We don't have any desire to do it. But this man goes down and he says, Lord, I'm willing to do what you want me to do. I'm willing to go down here on the bank. I'm willing to take my little cane pole and my little hook and drop it in the water. And the Lord said a fish was going to come by. And not only did the fish come by, but it was a particular fish that the Lord had prepared to bite that particular hook. Listen, you and I do not have any control over what fish that bites our hook. 
We have no control over that. We have no control over how much money that fish has that bites that hook. I find a lot of times we look for the fish that's got the money. Amen. There's a lot of churches, they like those people that can come in and put a lot of money in the offering plate. They don't particularly like the ones that are not able to give as much. But it doesn't matter whether they got money or whether they don't got money. You can't help who bites and who don't bite. But what you can do is set the hook. Amen. What you can do is go down there with your fishing pole and say, Lord, I'm willing to do what you want me to do. Whether I'm supposed to put out a net or whether I'm supposed to sit with a cane pole on the side of the bank. Whatever you want me to do, Lord, I'm willing to do it for you. But here's what I love. I see the Lord blessing with great multitudes of fishes. I see the Lord blessing a multitude of people with two fishes uh, and five loaves when they didn't catch no fish at all. I see that in John 21, they've caught a pile of fish, but the Lord already had fish baking uh, on the coals. And then what I find right here in, in uh, Matthew chapter number 17 is the Lord blessed uh, Peter and blessed himself and paid his tribute, paid his taxes because he went down there and caught one fish. It don't matter if we catch one fish, ten fish, fifty fish, a hundred fish. It don't matter if the church has got 10, 15, 1,000 in it. What we're trying to do is say, Lord, I'm willing to go the direction you want me to go. I'm willing to do what you want me to do and I'm trusting you to give the increase because I simply don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. And you don't know what you're doing. I'm going to tell you something. Peter didn't know what he was doing. Ain't no idiot grabs a cane pole, sticks an empty hook down in the water and expects us to catch anything. But when Jesus says to do something, you can take what he says to the bank. And that day, friend, it paid Peter to go down there and sit on the side of the bank and put his fishing line in the water with an empty bear hook and wait on the Lord to send by the fish that needed to bite that hook that he had already prepared to, with a coin in his mouth to pay the taxes, not only for Jesus... But it paid Peter to go down there and do what the Lord wanted him to do. Sometimes we think that we are benefiting the Lord by getting this great draught of fishes. We're going to go down here and we're going to work for the Lord. And if I just see a soul saved, Lord, if I just get somebody right, and, and we're looking at the soul and we're looking at the Lord and we're failing to realize that it pays us to do what God wants us to do. There is provision not just for the Lord, not just for the lost, but there's provision for you and for me in being obedient to the Lord's will. For our life. So I preached the other night on I'd rather be fishing. And the night I'm preaching on I must go fishing. Listen, if you want the provisions that the Lord has to offer you, you're going to have to be sensitive to, to his will for your life. Listen, sometimes we do things the way we've always done them. Now, if the Lord had just told Peter, I want you tonight to go down there about 9 o'clock, Peter, and start fishing. Peter would have got the boats, the nets, and the crew and went out there looking for a big school of fish. But Jesus gave him exact instructions. We see the purpose of the fishing trip. We see the plan in the fishing trip. And because he was obedient to the Lord, we see the provision of the fish having the coin and the taxes being paid. Now I want to say this to you. Undoubtedly, undoubtedly, Peter hadn't paid his taxes. Undoubtedly, the, the Lord here sends him on a, uh, on a, a journey to, uh, with some instructions to go down here on the bank and fish. I'll say this to you. If you'll do what God tells you to do, how God tells you to do it, he'll take care of your financial needs. Now there's a lot of people today that's putting their finances first and then they're putting the Lord second in their life. Now listen, I, and I, I, I try to be careful here because I, I, don't, I don't intend to hobby horse here. And I understand, I've said this before, I want to reiterate it again. A person that is told they have to work has to work. 
Hey, if my boss says it happens, now listen, I'm in a little different situation. I pastor the church here. This is the Lord's calling on my life. And if my boss comes to me and tells me that I'm going to have to work on Sundays and miss church, I'm going to be finding me another job. That's right, just how that works, okay? But I'm saying everybody, everybody can't be off on Sunday. The hospital's got to have somebody. The police department's got to have somebody. I understand that. But here's what I do want you to understand. There's a lot of people that's walking off from jobs that the Lord is blessing them in. A lot of people's walking off from a, from a life that God is giving their provision. He's meeting their needs. And they're walking away from that and they're walking into another uh, area of life and saying, well, if I'd done this, it would benefit me better. Uh, financially, it would help me. Financially, it would put me on a better, uh, 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 my finances would be better. Uh, my, my, maybe I'd have more free time or maybe whatever, but it's going to cost you uh, the, the things of God and you're not able to do what it is that God wants you to do, friend. Listen, I'm all against a person that's got things going their way that the Lord is, is providing for, taking care of them and for their own worldly pleasure and lust they leave that job and they take a job that's going to keep them out of the house of God. What you've done at that point friend is you've looked to your own self and your own desires and what you want over top of what God wants. Listen mama stay at home right and raise babies and take care of their children and, 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 and try to bring a family up. Daddies they go out and work and they try to provide for the home and provide for their family and there's jobs and there's effort that goes into that but I'll say this sometimes having more money isn't the best thing for your wife and for your children. Sometimes the best thing is you just staying where you're at until you've got instructions to do something else. Listen, this was a man that knew how to fish, Brother Shane. This was a man that could have done something big time if the Lord had told him to do it. But he told him to go down there with his cane pole and to go down there with his empty hook and to sit down there on the bank and to wait for the fish to come by and to bite the hook. That's a little insulting to a man that could fish the way that this man could fish. But he'd done what the Lord told him to do and look how the Lord provided. He went and caught one measly little old fish and the Lord paid his taxes and paid Peter's taxes too. But it come through the obedience of Peter being willing to do what Peter was supposed to do. Turn with me to Matthew chapter number 6 for just a moment. Matthew chapter number 6. Now we know, let me say this, we know that, that, uh, that money is the root of all evil, right? Now let's think about this for a minute. Not everything that has a bigger dollar sign on it automatically means the Lord's in it. Let me say that to you. Peter, Peter wasn't out fishing to make money. Peter was out fishing because the Lord told him to with one little hook, but he made some money doing it. The Lord can take you and use you in, a, in his will and meet all your needs. Supply every need that you have through being obedient to his will. Look at Matthew chapter number 6. Now listen, we look at missionaries. And we talk about how these missionaries go out to foreign fields and they, they, they're, they're, they're expecting that the Lord would provide. I know many, Brother Shane, that's went to the field and did not have but 50% of their support. But the Lord just kept on them and kept on them and they'd say, I just, I just know the Lord wants me to go. And they'd go and somehow, Brother Shane, the Lord met their needs. 
Somehow the Lord provided for them. Do you know why? Because they went down there with their fishing pole and their bear hook and they stuck it in the water down there on the bank and said, Lord, I'm just going to trust you. Listen, how many times had the Lord worked in Peter's hearing and in Peter's uh, sight, in Peter's view? We find in Luke 5, the great draught of fishes. We find in Matthew 14 and Luke number 9, uh, chapter number 9, where the five loaves and two fishes were distributed. Uh, in Matthew chapter number 17, I don't believe it was too hard for Peter to go down there and do what the Lord told him to do because of all the other the times he'd seen the Lord do great things concerning this matter of fishing. Say, preacher, the Lord ain't never done like that for nothing like that for me. Well, I tell you what, just give him the opportunity and give him the room to work, friend. He'll surprise you sometime. He'll surprise you sometime. Let's look at Matthew chapter six, verse number twenty-five. The Bible says, "Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life what you shall eat, or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on." Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them, are ye not much better than they? Now I understand this is kind of hard scripture to choke up right here and chew on when a lot of people's mentality today, Brother Shane, is they're going to fish recreationally. And when people have the idea that they're going to fish recreationally and uh, they'll just fish when they feel like it, they'll just serve God when they feel like it, they'll just come to church when they feel like it, they'll just take their place in the body of Christ when they feel like it, it's kind of hard to take these verses of Scripture and make application with it because when you make application with these Scriptures, you understand that it causes you uh, to have to, to rely on God rather than rely on yourself. And we've got into a society today and in a world today where people have got so much in their life and the riches are so grass and so great uh, and, and, and they have so much they don't trust in God anymore. They trust in what society has given them. When the government's paying people to stay at home rather than go to work people's trusting in the wrong things today and I got news for you friend you, the government's wanting you to trust in them. There's a lot of things coming that you don't want to be coming in just a short while. There's a reason why they're paying people to stay at home. And I don't want to get off on all that. But let me say this. I'll say this, Brother Martin. If you can trust your government to send you a check, surely you can trust the Lord to take care of you if you'll just do what God tells you to do. Now the Bible says, behold the fact. And how many people's trusting in the government today? I am going to hit this a minute, I guess. Let me say, how many people is sitting at home today trusting the government to take care of them today? But you can't get nobody to darken the door of a church. You can't get nobody to say, God, not my will be done but thine. I'll just go the direction you tell me to go. I'll just trust that you can take care of me. I'll just trust that you can meet my needs because you've never given me any reason that you would fail me now. Well, I'll tell you this, the government's going to leave you sitting one of these days said, Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they tool not, neither do they spin. Boy, I believe Peter had a real good understanding of the provision of the Lord, because he had witnessed it time and time Again, he had his own little basket full of fragments that he could look at, Brother Shane, every time he doubted that God could take care of him. And it says here in verse 29, And yet I send you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. 
Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. And let me, call, let me pause right here for just a moment. The Lord knows what we need. You know what's causing a lot of people to serve the Lord recreationally today? They're interested in more than what they need. They're interested in what brings pleasure to their life and to their flesh. And they're not interested. Lord, the Lord never said he'd give us everything we wanted, Brother Shane. Never said. You know, there's a lot of things we want that's not good for us. You know, my kids have desires and wants sometimes. If my kids had their way, they could eat ice cream for breakfast, for lunch, and for supper. And I don't think you'd have any rebuttal out of them over it. Some of them might want chocolate on one of them every once in a while or a sprinkle here or there, but they wouldn't have no problem with ice cream three times. Hey, I'll be honest with you, I don't probably have a problem with ice cream three times a day. I can't have it, it's not good for you. You know what, you, what I'm saying here is you can't have everything that you want, it's not good for you. It's good for somebody to get a no every once in a while. But right here, the Bible says here, for after all these things that the Gentiles seek for you, Heavenly Father, and all that you have need of all these things. I'm glad, Brother Marvin, my Savior knows what I need. I don't always know, but he does. But seek ye first the kingdom of God. Now let me give you a definition here. Seek is to go in search or quest of. How many people's in search or in quest of what the Lord would have for them to do? I wonder how many are in search of or in quest of uh, the kingdom of God being first in their life. First is before all others in place or progression. Simply put, you know what the Lord's looking for us to do today? He's looking for us to put Him and His kingdom first in our life. You cannot do, do that being a recreational fisherman. You can't do it. And so here's what I want you to see. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought of the things of itself, sufficient unto the days of the evil thereof. So first and foremost, these things shall be added unto you. What things? The things that you need, Brother Marvin. The things that you need, God will add them unto you on one condition, Brother Shane. It says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. I promise you, according to the word of God, if you'll follow his leadership, if you'll follow his direction, if you'll say, Lord, here am I, I'm ready, I'm willing, I'm willing to do whatever you want me to do, no matter the cost, he will add the things unto you that you need. And if you are the head of your home, you can rest assured that God's going to take care of you and take care of the family that he's entrusted unto you. If you will put God first in your life and make sure that you seek his leadership, his guidance, and his direction. Maybe you're a spouse that's looking at a husband, that's trying to do some things that's causing you to feel a little bit leery about those decisions. If that man is looking to God, if that man is trusting God, if that man is saying, God, you have my life, you have my family, you don't have anything to worry about, friend, because God will take care of you and your family. They say, preacher, I just don't know what to do. First of all, friend, we understand here that when we consider this matter of fishing and what the Lord told Peter to do, he had a purpose. 
The Lord has a purpose for us today, amen. The Lord has a plan today for us, amen. But he has provision for us and I thank the Lord for that. But the Bible says, Brother Shane, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God. It'd be good for you tonight to just stop and say, God, this is what's going on in my life. This is where I'm at. This is what I think I need, but I don't know what I need because I don't have enough sense to know what I need. Would you help me? Would you guide me? Would you direct me? Would you show me, Lord? Lord, what it is that you want me to do. You say, preacher, I don't know if that'll work. Well, let's take James 1, 5 in its entirety. The Bible says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. Let me say to you this. If you want to know what you need to do in your life, no matter if you're a child, a wife, a husband, it doesn't matter. First thing you better do is get in that King James Bible and start reading the next thing you better do is you better start praying. Say, Lord, I need you to show me what you want me to do. I need you to give me peace in my heart, Lord, in the direction that you want me to go. And friend, he will give it to you. And then what your job is, is your job is not doing God's part, but doing your part. You don't have to worry about the fish. You don't have to worry about the coin. All you got to do is pick up the rod and go down there and sit down on the bank and drop the hook in the water and wait on God to do the rest. I'm glad that the Lord has got this thing under control and simply put, all we got to do is say, Lord, what do you want me to do? And he'll give you the direction. Now I love this and I'll be done tonight. We see the purpose, we see the plan, we see the provision. But in Psalms 37, the Bible says in verse 23, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. If you want to be a good man, you better let the Lord order your steps. And the Bible says, and he delighteth in his way. Though he fall. Notice that. Though he fall. Brother Marvin, you ever tripped up with the Lord's direction for your life? The Lord ever told you he wanted you to do something? And I'll be honest with you, you started out kind of like Peter walking on the water. You was willing to get out of the boat. You was willing to stand on the water. But before you know it, you started sinking. Because you quit looking at Jesus and you started looking at the water. There's been some times where I've tried to intercept and say, all right, Lord, I've had about all of that. I can take, maybe I need to grab the bull by the horns or maybe I need to grab the reins again. Maybe I know better, Lord, than you do and I've fallen. But I want you to notice this. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he lies in his way. Though he fall, praise God, he shall not be utterly cast down. Aren't you glad that the Lord didn't look at Peter and go, well, you idiot, and just let him sink right there and die. But you know what the Lord done? The Lord helped Peter. I'll say this, I've got more respect for a person that'll get out of the boat and start walking on the water and although they sink, friend, at least they got out and started heading towards Jesus. You know what you're gonna have to do today, friend? Just get headed. Just say, all right, Lord, I'm willing. You remember when you had to, when you come down to the altar for that first time and you needed to talk to the Lord? Seemed like after you got up, Brother Shane made that first step. All the other steps were easy all the way down to the altar. It's that first step that's always the problematic step. It's that first step that's always the issue. Friend, you're going to have to make the first step and say, Lord, I can't, but you can. I don't know how, but you do. Lord, I'm not able, but you are. And friend, he can help you today, and I thank God for that. So the Bible says, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he lies in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. For the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. I can't help but think of a little child. I, I almost drowned one time in a swimming pool, and if it hadn't been for somebody holding me up by my arm as a little kid, I would have. But I look at the Lord and I look at Peter and I see Peter sinking, Brother Shane. I see Peter going down and, and, the, and Lord Jesus Almighty grabs him by the hand and just 
Holds him up and keeps him to safety. That's, that's the picture that I have in my mind's view. Said for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. I have been young. I love this. I've been young and now I'm old. Now we're talking about the steps of a good man and how they're ordered by the Lord and how this man delighteth in his way. But David said, I've been young and now am old. Yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. Now let me remind you what Matthew 6 and 33 says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. You know, we're not righteous in and of ourselves. The only, only righteousness you and I have is what was imputed unto us because of Jesus Christ having washed us in his own blood. And I thank the Lord for that, but I do know this, the Lord looks at the motivation of your heart. How do you know that, preacher? Because the Bible says, though he fall, he should not be utterly cast down. The Lord, the Lord takes into consideration, Brother Shane, that we put our foot out there. That If the Lord didn't take into consideration our motivation, we'd all be in trouble today. But the Lord looks at our motivation and he says, ah, I got one that's willing to step out. I got one that's willing to be more for me than all the rest. I got one that's willing to do what I want to do. And it says, though he fall, he should not be utterly cast down. For the Lord upholds him with his hand. I've, not been, I've been young and now I'm old. Yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken nor seed begging bread. Look, listen, even in, even in David's young life, he'd not, he'd not seen the righteous forsaken nor seed begging bread. Even in his old age, he had not seen the righteous forsaken nor seed begging bread. David said, from the time I was born to the time I draw my last breath, God's been faithful. Aren't you glad for the faithfulness of Almighty God? Aren't you glad for the faithfulness of the Lord Jesus Christ? Friend, I just want to get down on the bank, Brother Shane, with my little cane pole, drop my little hook in the water, and wait on the Lord to bring the provisions. Friend, if we're going to do anything in 2021, if you're going to do anything in your life, in your home, in this church, this church is going to be anything for the glory and honor of God. Those of us that are willing, friend, we better go down to the bank and we better stick our hook in the water and say, Lord, whatever you want for me, I'm willing. And friend, I promise you, he'll send a fish along the way. He'll pay. He'll make provision. I'm glad that the Lord has purpose. I'm glad that the Lord has a plan, but I'm glad that the Lord has provision. And like David, I can say, I have been young. I'm older now and I've not seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. I can tell you time and time, my wife can testify time and time that the Lord has come through for us in ways that nobody could understand and nobody could, could, could grasp, nobody could have helped us, but God seen us through. And friend, I'm so thankful today, I can't do it on my own. I'd be scared to try. I'm, I believe, I'm being honest with you tonight. I'm, I'm, I'm no better than anybody else, but I've got far enough in my walk with the Lord. Brother Shane, I'd be scared. I would be very scared, Brother Marvin, to try to walk out of this church tonight and try to do things on my own. Because I've done things on my own in the past and I know what it done to my family. I know what it done to me. And I know, friend, what will happen to this church, what will happen to your homes, what will happen to you as an individual. If you decide that you're going to take a step that pleases you or you're going to make a life move or make a decision in your life that you think better benefits you, but you better stop and say, Lord, what will thou have me to do? And I'm telling you, no matter what it is, no matter whether it looks like it's a demotion. Listen, there's a lot of people today doing things that God called them to do that feels and looks like a demotion. But boy, don't it pay to serve the Lord. 
Boy, don't it pay. Listen, I can't help but think, oh, Peter, and maybe this is just me and my folly tonight, but I can't help but I, oh, Peter picked up his little fishing pole, looked at that little wormy fish, but when he opened his mouth and seen that coin, I can't help but think that he got a hop in his jump when he knew that he not only the Lord's taxes had been paid, but so is his, so is his. Peter stuck his foot in his mouth. Peter had to pay for him opening his mouth. But I tell you what, we see right here, we see that though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. Peter opened his stupid mouth like he always did, just like I do, just like you did. But the Lord didn't hold it to his charge. The Lord had mercy and said, Peter, if you'll just follow me, if you'll just love me, if you'll just do what I want you to do, I'll take care of you. I'm glad I didn't have to be the smartest one around. I'm glad I didn't have to have it all figured out. But I'm glad the Lord looks at me in mercy and says, Son, if you'll just do what I want you to do, if you'll just go the way that I want you to go, I will take care of you for I've not seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. I don't know what that, what that, who that's for tonight. Maybe it was for me. But as the pianist comes and finds us something softly, ever head bowed, ever eye closed tonight, I wonder how many of you would take a census of your life and some decisions that you've got to face, uh, some decisions that maybe you need to make. And you don't know, friend, if you're making the right decision or not. You don't know uh, what to do. You don't know whether you're, you're doing the right thing or not. But I'm telling you, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. I want to say this to you tonight. Every one of us is lacking wisdom. There ain't a one of us that knows what to do. But it, 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 lacking wisdom means that you've just not yet heard from God. We all lack wisdom in and of ourselves. But if you don't have a direction from God, maybe you've got some decisions you need to make. Maybe there's some things you need to be taken care of. Maybe you just wonder if you're heading in the right direction. This altar's open tonight. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally. Listen, you may be confused tonight. You may not know what to do. I'm going to say this, the Lord can liberally give you the answer. He giveth all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. It's in the will of the Lord tonight for you to want to know his will. It's always God's will for you to seek and find out his will. We know that we have not because we ask not, but we ask it that we may consume upon our own lust. But we know that if we... Pray to the Lord and His will that He heareth us. Our petitions are before Him. Friend, you've come to this altar tonight in your confusion and in your state of uncertainty and call out to God and come up from there, friend, knowing that the Lord heard your prayer and the Lord through His Word and through the Holy Ghost of God will lead you and guide you and direct you in how to make decisions that you don't have enough sense to make on your own. He can do that. Why? Because He loves you. The steps of the good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Friend, if you want to be a good man, if you want to be a good woman, the first thing you need to do, friend, is ask the Lord what he thinks about something. And I'm glad you can ask him. You can lack wisdom, and he'll give you the right answers. Would you come tonight? Would you come tonight? Would you just yield to the Lord and say, Lord, I don't know, but you do. I'm willing. I'm willing, Lord, whatever you want me to do. I'll tell you, the pressures of raising a family, friend, the pressures of pastoring a church, they're real. They're real. And I'm glad the Lord knows what we need. I'm glad He's a very present help in time of trouble, a time of need.